Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Raw Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, NXT, but oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay per views. Premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Sidrich to look ahead to Raw tonight. Uh, another step on the road to hell in a cell. And speaking of which, we've got a cell. Actually, no, we've got a cage, a steel cage match between Bobby Lashley and Omos. An MVP can't get involved. He's stuck on the outside. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, look. Given the players involved, I don't think we're going to get my least favorite thing, which no. is a stereotypically WWE steel cage match. If I'm Lashley, I'm thinking, right, okay, I'm just going to do a basic cage match where I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get thrown into the to the mesh of the cage. I'll bump big for that. But, like, if you're wrestling a moss, would you willingly climb up the cage to the point where... You can be you bump bumping's like a two way street, so you'd be doing a lot of the work yourself. But would you entrust Omos to like get the back of your trunks, for example, and just throw you down? You'd be pretty scared about yeah. that. Can Omos climb? That's I don't good, think that's so. A good point, yeah. I don't think he's gonna climb. Um, so I can't imagine them taking the route where we just saw it with uh, Drew McIntyre and Sami Zayn, where. The heel in the WWE cage match is like, you know, the cowardly chicken sh- archetype, and they mm-hmm. like to escape. But Omos, surely can't climb. And wants to prove himself, surely, against... That doesn't matter. Like they want it, it well, he, he's a WWE face, mate. <laughs> uh, WWE heel. But, but, just on a purely practical level, this match can't be bad, and yet it's got Omos in it, so we'll find a way. <laughs> it, I'm just saying, I don't think this is going to have the, the, this usual structure of a WWE steel cage match, and it might be a delightfully old-school blue bars, even if the bars aren't blue, extravaganza. Yeah, I think I think we've got something special coming our way tonight. Not for the reasons, like, it's going to be some sort of five-star classic, as much as Bobby Lash will try and drag something out of Omos. 
I think, because people will sit there and fold their arms and go, why on earth are you doing a steel cage match, what, three, four weeks out from Hell in a Cell? You know, that's all... Last year they did like three cage matches. But I think this year they might hopefully have something a little bit more about them in the fact that they've gone, right, well, we can't just do two steel cage matches, you know, a month before Hell in a Cell, like you said, with, with Drew and Sammy. And I may be manifesting this a little bit. I tweeted about it earlier. I think we're going to get a mad breaking the cage spot. It's not necessarily going to be the Bobby Lashley, Umaga, ECW spot that we all think of, although I could see that working if MVP, I don't know, via his cane helps Bobby Lashley lose this match and, I don't know, almost walks out the door, for example, because I don't see him climbing. But I think more likely is, like, Lashley hitting this huge spear into almost into one of the sides of the cage that for whatever reason you don't notice they don't chuck each other into and that collapses a bit like they do something similar with Brock and Roman in like Saudi or something right yeah, imagine that that was their way of oh we didn't give you a proper finish yeah therefore we probably have to do this match again isn't that convenient because <laughs> it makes a lot of money and it means we don't have to tell a storyline involving anybody else so there's that um isn't there been rumours that Lashley's SmackDown bound? Is there? I've yeah, seen that. I think so. Did I read that? Makes that make sense. He's been on Raw for quite some time. It doesn't because there's no draft, mate. So how, well, does it, yeah. how does it make sense? It's just he's not been in in a blue ring for a while. <laughs> yes, yeah, so granted that things should change on the draft, and they've just gone. What if Lacey Evans just went to? Is this the trade, Lacey Evans for Bobby Lashley, or is it the quarter ba- oh, yeah. brand to brand invitational? Like it's just it's not the wild card rule. It's not honestly. There will come a point. Mark my words. When on Twitter, yes, someone's going to say, "Remember the glory days." Uh, Why bring that a wild card rule? It was so good. It was so unpredictable, guys. It wasn't just them throwing stuff at a wall because their ratings are in the toilet. Who's going to be on a Raw from SmackDown this week, guys? Uh, Is it like the three biggest stars, just so they can like plug gaps in the ratings, or is it going to be like you know some prelim guys to give them? It's always the top three stars. It was always Kingston on Raw, and you know my favorite thing about it was (laughs) they went. Vince was like, "New rule, guys." Uh, wildcard rule, three stars from the opposing show can show up on this show whenever they like. First night, five people. Yeah, show up. and uh, what? 2019 was legitimately, this is that one of the, f- uh, there's a few hills I like to die on. Very stubborn guy. Mm-hmm. 2019 was even weirder than 2020. <laughs> yeah, had, I'm, like, I'm with technical you on that. Monsters, like they had Shelton Benjamin doing the whole staring oh, yeah. <laughs> thing. <laughs> he just looked. You had wild card. Oh, we're gonna have a two or three falls match every match. It was honestly bizarre. That was well, twenty nineteen. Was Seth Rollins' babyface having a breakdown? Effectively, wasn't he? Where he yes. said, "I'm the locker room leader, and I'm gonna fight with Will Osprey on Twitter." Yeah, it was the <laughs> oddest, oddest, oddest. Yeah, there's just so many wacky things that happened. That was the debut of the Spider. You had Roman Reigns getting attacked by the scaffolding. Oh yeah, and it was. Thought to be Eric Rowan, who was spotted in the vicinity, right? And Eric Rowan had the master plan of going, no, no, no. my doppelganger just happened to be there on the night, <laughs> and then I can, we can prove it. Do you want to know why? Because we've just got him right here. And there was the master plan to prove to Roman Reigns, that oh, it wasn't Eric Rowan, it was the, it was the doppelganger, and it must have gone to the Eric ruined lookalike agency because they <laughs> hired some guy who's bald, tall, had a big red beard, and Daniel Bryan went, see, see? 
And at the end of that show, when that was the reveal, that was a cliffhanger, Roman Reigns didn't just up and say, he hired someone who looks like him. I'm, I'm going to beat everybody up. He's like, hmm, this gives me a lot. This gives me pause for thought. Give me days. seven days. I need to think about yeah, this. Yeah, think about this. Like a total and utter disaster. Um, I wish it was that bad again. Because honestly, I would like... No, I wouldn't. I was, I was going to say... <laughs> yeah, not I'd, for three hours every week. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I would like to go back and watch a few months of 2019 Raw and SmackDown to make me think, you know what? In comparison, 2022 makes a lot more sense and it's not anywhere near as wacky. But I think I'll just get sad that it's not as interesting because mm. it can't possibly be great. The TV, anyway, sometimes the pay-per-views are. But I'll just get more disappointed at the current state of things because it's just not as... I miss making jokes about WWE on Twitter, you know. Yeah. Um, I I'm really miss taking the mickey. So <laughs> I thought I'm quite good at this. But now, you can't even see out. It's just there. It's just there. I remember there would be days where I'd wake up and I'd be, you know, trying to be the the positive WWE guy and being like, guys, this episode of Raw, this match on Raw was was really good. And, and then I'd like tweet it, go and get in the shower, come back out, and it'd be like, I have a little Twitter notification. New, uh, new tweet from Michael Sidgwick. No. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to take the L on this <laughs> yeah, one then. yeah. yeah. Uh, right, in terms of what we got on Raw tonight, I suppose. So uh, I think Omos is going to win. That's yes, what we're I getting agree. at. I think Omos is going to win because I think Lashley's going to smack down and this is their, well, it was on another nationally televised TV show, but the ropes were a different colour, yeah. so it didn't count. So don't remember that. He just got beat on his way out of the territory. Remember that famous um, angle when um, Ted DiBiase was leaving Mid-South, so they beat him. And then he went to mid-south. It, no, it's, it doesn't work. It does not work at all. And, yeah. it, and he turned up in mid-south. Yeah, I think he spears almost through the through the cell or through the steel cage. Almost is t- technically declared the winner. Like right off the smack down you go. And I'm just like, well, two and one, two, two and one against Bobby Lashley, hey. except the one that really counted hey, WrestleMania. Hey, hey, the ropes are blue now. So it doesn't matter that you got beat because the ropes were they were red on that WWE show. What a crock of absolute nonsense! Anyway, uh, I talked about the road to hell in a cell, and we seem to uh, get the indication we are going to get a third match. Arguably, probably one would assume with the lack of Roman Reigns on the the premium live event, the the headline match, uh, the main event will be Rhodes Rollins three in a steel cage, and I sense we're going to get a fired up Cody Rhodes who says. I was done with you, Seth. But now, you know, curb stomp on a an announce table. You've you've gone too far. That's what they were saying on commentary, at least last week. Yeah. WWE don't tell stories. (laughs) They establish a beat, and then there's no intrigue beyond that. So, I think Cody will cut a hell of a promo. But I quite like this last week. I I did. Oh, it was good last week. But just what I'm. The, the scope of the storytelling is so narrow and so simplistic that no more events can happen. Think, people don't like this, I don't give a shit. Think of MGF versus Wardlow. There's all the different directions they can go. Think of this time last week. Where on earth can they go? You didn't have a clue. You know, because you've had trust in the process established, that you knew that something exciting was going to happen, something with a lot of stakes. And now those stakes have been revealed and now we know what's next. And Wardlow isn't... We would like... It was a puzzle that we tried to solve in the office um, earlier in the day. How are they going to treat the lashes? Because Wardlow's a very different character to Cody. Mm. 
He's a lot less emotional. He's a lot bigger. But at the same time, he has to be thrown into a kind of a position of vulnerability. Otherwise, why do this? So how does this guy get physically dominated in the, the lashes and get... Um, or and or humiliated, like physically like battered and or humiliated because his character doesn't really lend itself mm. to either of those two things happening, especially considering he's like this killer who just destroys fleets, fleets of security guards like <laughs> whenever he wants. So that's a puzzle to solve. That's a reason to tune in. With WWE, it's like, right, okay, here's a story beat. We've established that this is what's going to happen and it's going to lead to this thing. But the problem is that these this thing that's going to happen is in three weeks. What else can we possibly do? <laughs> and then it's usually, uh, uh, sign a contract. Yeah. So my problem now is that I'm into the match. The reason why the match makes sense, the quality of the match itself should be very good to grade because yeah. the last two matches have been capital G grade. But what else can they realistically do to create a twist on the story or to intensify the story? Be or I just... What do they do for the next three weeks? And is it going to be a contract signing, Yes. Yeah, I'm almost guaranteeing it's going to be a contract signing. Especially if it's the main event, they're going to want a contract signing shenanigans to go down before that. But cool. Tonight, yeah, I think you need just need the Cody fired up promo uh, and let him, be, let him be the Cody that we know and love. Again, you know, there's elements of scripted promos sneaking into his verbiage. Right. If I'm, Maybe I'm being too cynical here, so let's try and broaden my outlook with a more positive perspective. Dusty Rhodes has got incredibly famous history with cage matches. If Cody is allowed to talk about that history, because he probably won't be allowed to talk about his history with cage matches and AEW, because he's, you know, as we all know, he's got ring rust from the six-year hiatus he took. <laughs> um, so maybe he'll have to invoke his dad again because his own history's not allowed to be acknowledged. It can't be. With like petty little digs, cool ones from Seth Rollins, like you know, welcome back to the major leagues, bitch, and all the rest of it. But they keep saying he's got ring rust. Not only has he won every match he's been in, but he's got ring rust. Yeah, and but he's it, but he's a, he's a bigger star. How, how does any of this work, Seth? I said I was done with you, but apparently you're not done with me. So we're gonna have to go big. By the hell in a cell. Um, but yeah, I think it, it seems a, an obvious place to go following that. Speaking of which, that bollocks in the main event last week. A dream match. A glimpse of a dream match. A, 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 a tiny crack in the door that you could see it through because we only got about three seconds of it, it felt like. Bianca Belair versus Asuka, obviously ruined by Becky Lynch. Do you think this is heading to a triple threat at the Pape? Or the premium live event, as I should say? Uh, Yes. Yeah. I think that's that's all the, the that they can do now. Like, you know, I don't want to see Becky versus Bianca again. I don't need to see it again. They have six months of stuff, if not more, no more, yeah, from SummerSlam. Yeah. The addition of Asuka is an interesting wrinkle, and you can have the whole gimmick, which I'm fairly certain they did literally last year, of here's someone coming for the new champ's title, but... You can pin the old champ once more with technically saying, well, you, di you didn't lose, but you didn't win either. But then we've still got Asuka versus Bianca Belair. And I feel like that's what they're doing with uh, with Becky's interference. But just the fact they did it in the main event just really pissed me off last yeah. week. It's just one of their bag of tricks. It's one of their bag of tricks. They don't like to push too many people at once because the scope of their storytelling isn't ambitious or detailed or intricate. Um, they and they've only got five hours of television to film Exactly, exactly. So they build around a handful of people. 
every now and then they realize, Jesus Christ, we've done this one a lot, even by our yes. standards. So what can we do? Can we build someone as a proper pay-per-view caliber opponent? No, too much like hard work. So why don't we why don't we make it a triple threat with just somebody else to make it less repetitive, but only slightly. That's what they're doing. And uh, again, what will happen is that I'll wake up, and a lot of people who don't particularly rate WWE's TV will wake up on the Monday morning and think, you know what? The talent is so good that they smashed at least half of that card out of the park on bedrock low expectations. And you'll get dickheads going, WWE can't be that bad. And I will go back to this podcast in tonight's role. We'll advance it in the most boring way possible, but the match itself will be good. Just don't do the telly. Yeah. Should we just review the pay-per-views? <laughs> just have like the, the, the mega fans and the loyal listeners, instead of previewing this, we'll have to review it. Instead of previewing it, we could, like, they can select the topic. <laughs> That's a really and good me, idea. you and Hamflick can talk about the topic for like half an hour. Like food. What <laughs> foods girls. do you like? What can you cook? What can't you cook? How did you learn to cook? What gave you the confidence to cook? Comfort, why aren't you cooking yet? You're 37 years old. I love the notes as well. Like, join Adam and the Dadly Boys for this week's podcast. Because you know I always do like, Fallout. Yeah, Fallout, Smash, somewhere else. And then, what? Like, he'll be like, join, join, uh, yeah, join Adam and the Dadly Boys to talk all about uh, cooking a Sunday roast. Uh, their favorite go to after Sunday after like uh, lazy meals, banoffee pie. <laughs> how did you learn how to cook and when? My mother, my mother said, "You're going to university. You need to learn how to cook." And there you go. I mean, I can't cook well right now. You know, I can follow a recipe. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Can he not follow a recipe? I still think he tries. I don't want to bury. Wait, we'll talk about this on the food podcast. Yeah. My thing <laughs> is like, I'm not a particularly intuitive or inventive cook i couldn't if you give us like here's 10 ingredients right do oh, something with this like like, uh, yeah but, uh i don't know what i'm doing yeah i've got decent knife skills and that i haven't chopped my fingers off yet yeah um i know the principles behind cooking certain ingredients like if a meat's got a bit of fat on it and it's not a steak you have to do that slowly or here's how not to burn garlic and I know how to treat ingredients. I don't know how to put them together in my own head. But if I see a recipe, yeah. and it's even if it's ambitious, in a book, and they tell me what to do, I've learned enough now about the cooking process. But again, I didn't have any cooking ability when I went to university. I should have, but I was just a very, very lazy guy. So I went to uni and it's a canteen for the first two years oh. in the halls. So I was like, let's do that. That leads. Yes, but I was in a, a rural campus before then. Oh, lush. And it had a canteen takeaways and the third year i was like oh i've got a kitchen now and i can't go to the canteens i've got takeaways far too often <laughs> and then i kind of did the same thing for my first few years uh when i had a shared house with my mates you got money coming in then yeah so it's just easy to get takeaways and then i met francis and i'm thinking i need to impress her because i was like you know yeah, she, yeah. Was, she you're the one so i was like i'm gonna <laughs> impress her by learning how to cook and it was jamie oliver fair play gave me the confidence because he's got a very um gregarious sort of like calming demeanor. It's like, this is easy. I'm going to visually show you how easy it is. Copy me. Mm -hmm. This is what you can do with leftover ingredients, all the rest of it. Um, and I basically learned from Jamie Oliver how to cook. My favorite thing before we move on, 
uh, in the cookbook that my mom did because she basically taught me all the recipes of like the basic recipes. I was not doing anything, wasn't changing the world here, but the basic recipes of shepherd's stuff she was, pie. Yeah, stuff she'd cook for us that's just really easy. But then sometimes she'd sort of, I was like, you know, make sure you tell me every step. But then I think she overcompensated on some. So like peas, for example, peas, uh, really easy. Put them in a put them in a pan. Put some boiling water on them. You wait, and then three minutes later they're done, or five minutes later, or whatever. Right? <laughs> list was like empty peas out of frozen bags oh. into pan, cover in boiling water, simmer for I don't know, five minutes or whatever. Eat. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. That that is really nice. <laughs> Eat, digest food, digest food. <laughs> then you know, like take a dump and like, 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 <laughs> the process of it. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, right, let's talk a little bit more about uh, Monday Night Raw, unfortunately. Um, and Judgment Day. Uh, they obviously have now have... The Judgment Day So now. apologies. Yes, The Judgment Day. Uh, they obviously have Rhea Ripley now alongside Damian Priest and Edge and maybe even Tommaso Ciampa heading their way. And you know, well, Let's not ruin anybody else's career. No. Like, okay. There's got to be a limit to this faction. But do you think, despite the fact that they did their big entrance rather than really saving her and getting her ass kicked last week, from what I've seen on many, many videos of house shows, that the next step is Liv Morgan joining this version of... Bullet Club to make it uh, a, a six six person tag potentially. Why not? Yeah, the the, the storylines are in place to make this logical development. Um, I still maintain that Liv Morgan's got potential, not quite as much as some of her more ardent fans would believe. But I, every time I see her in the ring, I think she really is a step above um, a lot of. The wrestlers below the horsewoman ask her, Bianca Belair yeah. tier. Like, I think she could realistically do the sort of Natalia slash Mandy Rose role, like, mm. as good. Like, I just think she's really, 
there's just a certain intensity and snap and smoothness and crispness to what she does. That I think she's got potential, but she's still not great, amazing. No, exactly. But putting yeah, she's not like, going to have a five-star match at WrestleMania, but like you say, she has those certain intangibles and just, just certain eye-catching things. Yeah. Like I saw for some reason just, just trending everywhere. I think it was on... It might have even been on YouTube. You know, it's just like, it suggests like a six-second video that yeah. you should watch or whatever. And it was just Liv Morgan doing like a one-legged kip-up. And it's just like, it's just a throwaway match with yeah. Nikki A.S.H. And they're like, but she can do this. Yeah. She's certainly got potential. And I think... Programming her alongside yeah. Balor and Styles Absolutely. can only help a development. So if, so if yet more improvement comes out of this pairing, then absolutely I can't lie and say that I'm into the story at all. I think the Judgment Day... Someone, I wish I'd tweeted this. But someone pointed out saying that they perversely like the name of the stable because it sounds as if Bret Hart had actually stayed in the WWF in 1998 when the show was announced. And Steve Austin at the Judgment Day, I'm going <laughs> to be in all the rest of it. So I like it because I thought that tweet was amusing. And now yeah. I can't unhear it in the words of Bret Hart getting things wrong because he doesn't understand the mm. like the most brilliant storytelling technician wrestling in mind, WWE like history. No other, yeah. Wrestling mind like no other. And he doesn't get the right. At the SummerSlam. At the SummerSlam. <laughs> I'm sure there's an instance as well where he... Yeah. He just never knows that. So you will either say the SummerSlam when it's just SummerSlam or when he's like taking the mick out of someone. He'll go, you weren't even on Simpsons. And he's like, <laughs> Brett, mate, it's the Simpsons. Well, you can't get the right. Yeah. What's wrong with you? You put it in when he's not needed. Yeah. You take it out when he's definitely he's part of it. Wasn't he my then? <laughs> you will be banned from the Summerfest. <laughs> he's saying he's banned from SummerSlam. I'm sorry, you've li- he's literally never seen wrestling before. That's a good idea. Let's get Jeremy Piven in to promote SummerSlam. What on earth were they thinking anyway? I thought you were going to... Say that was a good idea again? Oh, no. No, no, no. All right. Just two casual people who know nothing about wrestling. You can promote the second biggest show of the year, right? Yeah. You know what it's called, at least, don't you? What a load of bollocks. Anyway, yeah, Liv Morgan, part of this. I don't know. I don't know if they, they've, they've danced around Bullet Club for so long. Oh, the club are here. You know what that yeah, means? Yeah, Finn yeah. Balor and... Uh. But, yeah, I do like this, this, this unique team uh, to go up against uh, Edge, Priest, and, and, uh, and Ripley of... I mean, they're going to lose AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and, oh, yeah, and Liv Morgan. But I'm kind of on board with it. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it for once makes a fair bit of sense that Liv Morgan's like, I wasn't the weak link in our tag team. Why are you saying it anyway? But excited to see what happens next with that. And excited to see what happens next with Alexa Bliss, who, of course, of course yeah. returned on last week's show, defeating Sonya Deville in, like, 40 seconds or something. I was, I was going to say, what's next for her? I don't think necessarily we need to book... Because I don't, I think for now they're just going to kind of. So next for anyone? Well, yeah, but oh, what same? Yes, I hope you. What now? Sonya Deville's like, I want another match. No, we, no, no, Uh, go away for a bit, Sonya. That's what's happening. Yeah, probably. But tonight's the night, isn't it, where we find out? Because it's like last time it was just here's Alexa Bliss, and we'll just ride that wave to a straightforward defeat for Sonya Deville inside a minute. And thanks for coming. Now we have to find out. Which Alexa Bliss this is? Because I don't think they thought about that. I think they went, let's bring her back. Should we have her with Lily? Yeah. Do you want her old music, though? Yeah. 
Like they don't, I, I, I'm fascinated to know what they think this version of Alexa Bliss should be. Yeah, that's more interesting than talking about our next storyline, which yes. will probably will be another retread of the Sonny Deville thing. Um, it's the oddest thing. It just felt so much like, right, give up on this nonsense, which not a soul cares about other than exceptionally weird people on Twitter. I'm sorry. You listen to her reactions from the day WWE resumed live touring to now, and the best reaction she ever got was when people heard the old music. Like, oh, thank God. Thank God. Loud perv voices on Twitter really putting it over don't count. They just don't. They're living in a bubble. They're living in a bubble, and they're spraying that bubble, and look, they're not bursting. The projectiles have come. Not the cat. They are the Simpsons. Yes, they are. And, you know, you're like, how can I put this? Your willingness to uh, feverishly masturbate over a WWE performer does not necessarily make them over in front of live crowds. Or Hang on, let me write this down. <laughs> Notes from my future wrestling version. Okay, got it. Right. Yeah. Look, she's never been over under this guy's. And she was super over. Uh, and she was super day. over by back in the day. Like, um, it was weird. Like, she really disrupted the idea of the horseman being this thing. Mm. And she got so over. And like, people were like, Jesus Christ, like, this woman's a star. So, yeah, more of that, less nonsense. I hope they do. Like, there's a bit of me, and it's tempting fate, this. Because, like I say, I completely agree with you. I want Alexa Bliss from, what, 2018? Something like that. Yeah, something along those lines. I'm I'm just reaching back for a time before, 20... the, before the pandemic. Late 2016. Yeah, something like that, right? That's the version I want. Heel or baby face, I don't really care. He, she's kind of better at heel. No, she's really good at heel. There's a thing that went up on Squared Circle, which my sins every now and then I say, what's going on? And there was like a minute-long compilation of her taunting, mimicking other people's taunts. And it was a really good reminder that she can play heel within the WWE framework of playing a heel very, very well once you get rid of this pretentious, goth-tinged nonsense. Yeah, and there's, a, there's like there's a, quite an enjoyable path of you do this triple threat, Becky Lynch goes away for a bit, I think you should do it, or, or, you know, slowly transforms into a baby face. You can arguably do that in a match with, uh, with Alexa Bliss, who you haven't really defined yet, and you get this almost not really a double turn, it's called cheating that. Can arguably have Alexa Bliss then defeat Asuka for a shot of Bianca Belair at SummerSlam. There's your there's your big match for SummerSlam that we haven't seen before, aside from two minutes on Monday Night Raw, yeah. you know, last week or whatever. But there's also a tiny bit of me that's like, I want you to tell me that you're done with this Lily bollocks. Yeah, like the, I the, want the, I want a, a physical demonstration. Kill a doll, exactly. Like when the doll got ripped to pieces, I was like, cool, that's the end of the doll then. And then the doll came back, and I was like, but the the foaming at the Alka-Seltzer in the mouth, yeah. what was all that about? So, I don't know. Maybe just one more go around so I can use the sound effects. Load it up for tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. I'll bring that back. Sod's Law, practice how to bring it up quickly, and then the doll just have disappeared. Yeah, it'll just be, what were you talking about? Yeah, and the road to her coming back and briefly appearing at Elimination Chamber. Never mentioned. Why? What was that? <laughs> Finally... Uh, I'm sorry to give you this sort of hospital pass here, Sid. Oh, I've just seen your notes. What's going on 
with Lacey Evans. She is a Raw superstar now, according to reports, so we'll talk about her on the Raw preview rather than the SmackDown one. I sort of already discussed this a little bit on the SmackDown preview with with Hamlet because I can't quite believe what I'm seeing, but that appears to be the case. We've got reports that she's like the number two or number three, I think, heel now considered on Monday Night Raw behind Becky Lynch in the women's division, that is. And yet we've had five, six weeks of these vignettes, incredibly hyper-real you know, stories of her incredible struggle. It's, it's inspirational. And you thought, okay, and we, we sort of, you know, laughed and said, oh, she'll probably be a heel in six months, despite all this. Six days? And then, yeah, on the SmackDown, one of the SmackDowns that we may have, you know, the bloody bank holidays were all over the shop here in the, in the UK. They had Samantha Irving go, Get up and applaud this amazing woman. Show Lacey Evans, and I quote, the proper respect. That's old school WWE heel verbiage for the disingenuous babyface heel. Although, as Brian Alvarez pointed out, they're such trained seals to a certain extent. The WWE live crowd, they were like, oh, okay. Yeah. Here she is. Yay. And so I can't. Like, there's a bit of me that thinks maybe this is just a WWE ham's fisted way in terms of reintroducing a baby face. Yes. But there's also a bit of me that, like you say, has this experience of, I mean, it's not quite on the same part, but Chris Jericho coming out back in the day, not saying a word. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. And then I'm going away and I'm pissing you off. And being told, yeah, WWE fans do do not like to be told, cheer for this person. Yes. I don't, know, I don't know what's going on, man. Well, well, there's one or two things that are happening, and we'll address them both as hypothetical scenarios, one of which is probably more plausible than the other. One, they are grasping your hand very tightly. The applause sign has been switched on and illuminated, and that line was a bit of a ham-fisted way of saying, we really want you to cheer up. Or, as I said, it's an old-school WWF bit of vernacular where... G- uh, the gist of it is, you're really meant to heal a um, uh, booer, and the whole idea is that they are being very sanctimonious and like entitled to praise, and they're portraying themselves as better than you for having endured a struggle or whatever. This then there have been reports that she's internally listed as a heel, and she will be presented as a heel, playing this um, disingenuous baby face, like sort of a very weirdly problematic update on the old Kurt Angle character of 1999, which was genius. This very much isn't. Can you imagine? And I'm going to invoke the comparison because there are two companies that I cover and one of them's really good. Can you imagine? Hangman Page drinks a lot. Drinks a lot. A lot of people empathize with the fact that through his really understated, brilliant acting, he feels removed from the elite and the beautiful crux of it is that everyone believes in him except himself he gives you just enough to believe just enough to then sympathize with him he takes you on this beautiful journey with a resoundingly wonderful conclusion he has a support network who are there for him they're dorks he doesn't care he would rather be valued and friend friendly with people than join like the cool clique or the, the bastards gang it's all very nice and genuinely it's quite relatable and it's quite a necessary pro wrestling story can you imagine halfway through that he says, um, I know I'm better than you for having survived and got through all of this. I demand the proper respect from you ingrates. You think, well, what are you doing that for? Like, just <laughs> imagine Eddie Kingston 
saying that, um, you know what, I'm kind of making up my mental health problems. She, that's the thing, she's not making up the mental no, health problems. We know they are a part of a backstory. Is the heel shtick that... Imagine Eddie Kingston saying, I've suffered mental health problems. And guess what? I've just signed an AEW contract. I get the big matches on pay-per-view. And I'm better than you because I've overcame my problems with mental health and you are still depressed and in the gutter. You should look at me as an example of how to get your lives in order just like me. You're kind of heartbroken because you've bonded with this person. It's not on a parasocial level. You've related to this character who's maybe taught you some values. Like Kingston himself has said that at conventions, people have came up to him and said, you've really helped me in ways you'll never know. Can you imagine them just trivializing people's mental health struggles as something that a character can just simply get over and rub in your face because she's better at overcoming things than you are? It's just horrible, and it's so removed from the pulse of what people are really going through, mm. and it's just uh, a complete load of nonsense. At the end of the day, it'll make a decent list. That's the way I'm trying to look for it. Like 10 stupid Mean spirit, obnoxious gimmicks or something. I'll get content out of it. I'll get no enjoyment it's out of it. It's arguably, yeah, so it could well be, we're jumping the gun a little bit, but it could well be a front runner for the most disgusting promotional tactic, which is going to be a, a hard fought category, I sense, this year, yet again. It's genuinely the 21st century modern equivalent of doing like the really ugly stuff that they used to do for heat. And now it's affecting like people with like, serious mental health issues and now that the conversation is around mental health. It's WWE's corny way of saying, right, let's get that for heat. Mm. Let's use that for heat. It's very exploitative, but in a uniquely modern way that they haven't had the benefit of being able to do because people weren't so open about it in the past. And now that we are open about it, what do we do? We exploit it for heat. Do you know what my question would be? Did Lacey Evans know that the heel turn was coming when she first shooting those vignettes? Oh, that's an interesting. That was a really like it came, the emotion came across when she was you'd, telling you'd those like stories. You'd like to think so. We shall see. We shall see with the whole thing. Will she on Monday Night Raw tonight? Let us know your thoughts ahead of it on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at. Emma Sidgwick. Sorry, I just got a message there. That's all right. You can follow me at Adam Wilmore. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Our Rampage and SmackDown reviews are available right now. And our review of this show will drop into your feed tomorrow as soon as it is released. Still time to enter your five star review review to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related on iTunes. Leave us a five star review. Instead of a god-awful Monday Night Raw segment. But for now, this has been the Raw Preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.